Welcome to Purpose, where we talk about how to navigate life, exploring the joys and difficulties of being single, and strengthening our faith in Jesus Christ. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Purpose. My name is Emily. And I'm Stephanie. And today we are really excited to have a friend of mine from 5,000 years ago. This is Melanie Kiefer Hancock. And I just remember her, we were EFY Kelsers together back in the day, and she was this little teeny ball of fire. And it was just so fun. Just wherever Melanie was, um, all the energy was sucked out of the room and came out of Melanie. So Melanie, thank you for being with us and talking with us. And um, will you just start by telling a little bit about yourself and your story? Sure. Well, I don't know about my story, but I grew up in Utah. I started a mission in Brazil. And my um, dream, my life was going to be go on a mission, meet someone in college, get married, have six or seven kids, live happily ever after. And I was going to live the dream. That was going to be it. Then when I graduated from college and wasn't married and hmm, a little concerned, and then I turned 30 and not married and concerned. And, and then I turned 31 and graduated without honors from the singles ward. And, uh, and then I turned 40 and wasn't married. And I just didn't know if it would ever happen. And I have had a lot of roommates in my life because I've lived a lot of different places, been in the single scene for a long time, had some awesome singles wards and some challenging experiences. I went back to graduate school and I was older than everyone in school. And so that was kind of stressful because I wanted to get married, but there weren't a whole lot of prospects in the city where I was living. I ended up going on a blind date and getting married when I was 42. I ended up moving to Arizona a couple of years ago. We ended up having a miracle baby. And just this last, about two weeks ago, I became a grandma. So, so fun. my little daughter is a two-year-old aunt. So there's, I guess, I, is that my story? I don't know. What more of my story do you want? That's awesome. I tell my students all the time that I'm their institute mom. Like, I don't know if you know that I'm your institute mom. And so I'm going to tell you to make your bed and eat some vegetables. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, and it sounds like even just from that story too, um, you know, this podcast is all about like finding your purpose, finding your niche, finding your thing when like things just aren't quite going how you were hoping they would. And it just really sounds like you took something that I, I feel like maybe some of our audience have a hard time just with like family wards or just even trying to find like, you know, like, what am I supposed to do here? And who, which family am I going to sit with? But I love that you just embrace that. You're like, okay, sunbeams and, and found this cute little girl and was just like, I'm just going to connect and roll with this and, and be an influencer to like this little kid, you know, instead of maybe sometimes the attitude and the temptation is you just want to sit back and let someone else, you know, do the work or come to you or approach you or, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think sometimes in, when we go to church and we think, ah, oh, well, nobody said hi to me. Nobody sat by me. Nobody talked to me, but really, I don't think anyone's trying to ignore anybody. It's probably a mom that's got a million kids and trying to pick up Cheerios and pe people all have their things they're thinking about. And as single people, I don't know. I think someone said one time to to consecrate whatever you have to God. And I talked to one of my friends one time, and we talked about consecrating our singleness to God. As single women 
or people, you have different time. My life was busy. I, I, I was involved in a lot of things, but I had different kind of time availability than I have now. And one thing I, I miss being able to get up in the morning and have my, my few minutes of quiet scripture study. I miss that, my, t- my time with God. I still try to read scriptures with my, my little toddler, and, but it's nothing like it was before. And, and it's like she wakes up right when I plan to do that. So take that time. And I know that that time that I took before has totally blessed my life now. So anytime we do that, it's not wasted. And I think that's a really awesome principle, kind of like the idea of the seasons that's something that I have appreciated in my own period of singleness. And it did give me that. I was able to spend more time in the scriptures and more time accomplishing some of those things that a mother who was actively mothering and nurturing probably could not for herself. And and so, but I mean, she can have the season later. Mine was just kind of the pre-marriage season. And, and now I am busy too in, in a different way, but I just have always appreciated that. And I held that kind of sacred. And I think sometimes we might not maybe value it because we want that season right now, but there are yeah. these beautiful blessings that come through these different seasons and times. So I, I firmly believe in that. Um, so as you were progressing through your your single period and, and getting older, I know that sounds awful, um, but it's easy to start feeling a little bit like God has forgotten you, even though that you know that he hasn't. What were some of the things that you found yourself doing that would help you kind of balance any of that extension of being single with also the knowledge that you, God was fully aware of you? Well, I think a hundred percent eternal perspective, knowing that this is hard and this is a long time but this is not the end. And God is still in charge, trusting in that, trusting in God's timing. That is like the biggest thing is just trusting in God's timing and temple attendance is huge in helping with eternal perspective, reminding of that. And, and I, I'm so like, honestly, those things that were taught to do from when we're children, scripture study, lifeline to me were conference talks. Lifeline to me was attending the temple and trying to get out of sight of myself and serve. I know that sounds like a cliche or that sounds like, you know, when you're depressed and you're sad and feeling bad about yourself, that is the best medicine. And that, that gave me energy and joy and helped me keep going. So I was in an awesome, awesome, awesome singles ward in Salt Lake, the holiday 29th ward shout out. It was so great. And I remember there was a group of our friends and one of them, she turned 31 before all of us. It was so scary for her. And I went out to lunch with her once and we were talking and she just said, you know what? I know that God loves me. I know that he knows me. I know that he knows I just turned 31. If I'm supposed to get married, he can make it happen. He's a God of miracles. And if I'm not supposed to get married in this life, he's still in control. He'll take care of me either way. And that experience listening to her helped me. So experiences of others too have been a lifeline. 
That's so good. And I liked what you were saying at the beginning too about eternal perspective because Stephanie and I are current, uh, just with our job, we're teaching institute right now and we've taught seminary and and uh, some of the focus that they're trying to help the youth with right now is keeping that eternal perspective. And it's like no accident because there are things in life, whether, you know, we're specifically talking about marriage here today, but I mean, there's so many things that come that are just painful that you're really hoping for and they don't like a job or a degree or whatever. And it's, we love that you just mentioned that because I think that's so valuable for all of us, no matter what stage of life we're at, that you just keep that focus and that eternal perspective and realize that like God's in charge. And like you said, like he's a God of miracles. Like there's nothing too hard for him to accomplish. We just got to trust his time and his way rather than our agenda. Which is really hard to do when that God's timing extends like to 30 years. Way past your timing. You're like, (laughs) I don't understand that. But I mean, you what I mean, what are your options? Your options are to get mad at God, uh, you know, shake the fist, become bitter. I mean, those are really not really great alternatives. And so I myself, too, just want to reiterate. Yeah, I found greater peace when I just realized that that this life is not it. And I heard a friend mention, you have to literally look at it like you're in a room and there are no barriers between your pre-mortal, your earth life and, and the next life. And it's all kind of one big room and you are watching all of that take place. And then it doesn't, you're like, oh, that's just going to be in that corner of that room is where that's going to take place for me. And it's not some big, huge hurdle or barrier. And I think sometimes we do like to place limits. Like there are limits to that and all of our blessings have to come right now. And I think with that too, Melanie, if we can ask you this as well, I just think like, how do you keep God's desire for you to be a wife and a mother still at the forefront of your mind when it's, when that can be just like painful, you know, I'm in my later thirties and I know I'm still like a little baby here, but I feel old. And it's like, I just, sometimes it's easier to shut that off and just be like, close that part of my heart. And just be like, okay, that's too painful to address right now. And I want to yeah. focus on other things. So like, how did you navigate that as the years continue to go by and this desire that you really wanted just wasn't happening, you know? Well, I think adopting, especially my nieces and nephews, like that filled a void, I guess. And just the hope that someday I would have that. And if it wasn't in this life, God would still take care of me and he would make it up to me. There would be compensatory blessings for sure. If I was faithful and, and knowing that I I couldn't, I couldn't wait. I couldn't reserve my, my nurturing, my motherhood just for that, but I could, I could use it and develop it now so that it could be even better if it ever did happen or maybe in the next life. And I was just thinking about after you turn 31, you have a choice you can either go to an older singles ward that's from 31 to 45, or you can go to the family ward. And it is such a personal choice. It needs to involve God. And that is a hard, hard thing. And some bishops handle it better than others. Move you on to the ward with more compassion, I guess I would say. But um, for example, one friend I have, she said that for her, she wanted to go to the older singles ward because seeing those families with little children and all those those people who are married, it would just break her heart. And it's something that would remind her about her single situation. That was for her. That was right for her. And for me, 
It was the opposite because going to a singles ward, the whole focus was about being single. And for me, it felt more depressing there. So everyone has to take it for what's best for them. Where do they need to serve? Do they need to serve those other single women or do they need to serve primary and excuse me, and the young women? And I, I was grateful to be able to sit by children and and help out mothers and bring my big Mary Poppins bag to church with lots of trinkets in it and, and surprises and treats to help little kids. And so I, everyone has to find their own journey and their own path. And it's not easy. And there's heartache involved. I remember I reviewed some of my blog in preparation to talk with you guys today. And one of the, um, uh, titles of the blog or entries was called suffocating. And I forgot what it was about. And I read that there was this cute little girl in front of me, these two cute little girls. And I guess the mom was missing. She was like home with the boy or something like that. So the dad was trying to wrangle these two girls and they were so cute. Their bows were cute and their dresses were matching. And all of a sudden I just got this suffocating feeling and it was real. And I thought, I may never have two cute little girls to do their hair matching and, and wrangle little girls before church. I may never have that. And for a few moments, it was suffocating, this feeling knowing that it might not happen. And fortunately, that suffocating feeling didn't last forever. It maybe only lasted till the end of that meeting. And I was able to go on and I was able to love and serve and, and still have hope, but the pain is real and the hope, hoping that for these righteous desires that we have, but there are ways to find joy and fun. And that like one thing that I, so I've really, really, really tried with my nieces and nephews to help them know that I love the temple and help them have a love for the temple. So I have one sister that her little kids, I have taken every time I was would travel with them, I would take them and we would go touch the temple or we would go find a temple that was being constructed and we would go and take pictures in front of that temple. And my, my little niece one time, so we went up to the, to the temple and I let her put her hand on the, on the door and she came running back to me and she says, Melody, 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 guess what? And I said, what? And she says, I kissed the temple. <laughs> it was the sweetest thing. So I don't know, hang on sisters and just know that there is joy now there's joy now and there's love to be shared and there is love and hope and joy in the future just hang on it's okay how do you find and and this isn't something that I think I was necessarily cognizant of but when you have those feelings to like uh, have some self-compassion, like recognize it and accept. Do you know what I mean? And you, you're understanding that that suffocating feeling or that that angst and anguish, they're, they're natural feelings. Is there anything that you experienced like where if you sit in those feelings for very long, that's where you get the, the problems. Anything yeah. that you can share about your experience in how to kind of recognize them and acknowledge them, but also have compassion on yourself, have compassion on God at that moment. And then, you know, kind of move yourself out and into something 
that is a little bit more positive? Do you have any advice for that? That's a really good question because it's hard and it's real. And I don't think there's a black and white answer for that. I think we're humans. Part of our bodies is to feel emotion. And it is such a righteous longing and desire. It's not a bad thing to have that. But to dwell on that is unhealthy. And I think it's um, it stops us from progressing. And I don't think God wants us to stop progressing. He wants us he wants to use us as instruments in his hands. So maybe allowing a space for that, allowing us to fill and once in a while be sad because it's okay. That's real, but not to let ourselves focus on that and be anxiously engaged in a good cause. There's a reason why we have that scripture and finding opportunities to serve. And maybe it's remembering the birthdays of kids in your ward or here here's an example of someone who was single and 92 so my great aunt just passed away and she lived alone she was a widow for i don't know 20 something years and she couldn't serve at church she couldn't hold the calling because she could barely get out and towards the end of her life she couldn't get out but she got a list of all the birthdays in the ward and she would call everyone in the ward and sing happy birthday to them. She used to be an opera, she used to be an opera star. And she, instead of just sitting at home and thinking, what was me? She kind of created a calling for herself. And whether they were two or 102, she would call every person in the ward on their birthday. So praying for opportunities to serve. And finding ways to improve ourselves and have fun and travel. Take advantage of, of the freedom of being single. There's a lot of fun things you can do and a lot of fun to be had. And I don't know, make the most of what you have. Allow yourself to have time and space to fill that. And then what, what did President Hinckley's dad say to him? Get, what, what did he forget, say? forget yourself and go, forget to yourself and go to work. There you go. Great. Yeah. Melanie, thank you so much. This has been like an amazing uh, session just talking with each other and, and your thoughts. Do you have any final final things going through your head that you feel like those that are listening in would uh, need to hear? Okay. Any last advice? So I want to share a Nillie Maxwell quote that has totally blessed my life. He said, no one else is placed exactly as we are in our opportune human orbits. And as single sisters or single people or married people, there are opportunities to serve around us like no one else has. And I just challenge all of us to find those opportunities and to find joy from making a difference where whatever our circumstances are. And one last quote from Elder Uchtdorf. He's talking to the Relief Society Sisters of the Church. And he says, you are not forgotten. Sisters, wherever you are, whatever your circumstances may be, you are not forgotten. No matter how dark days may seem, no matter how insignificant you may feel, no matter how overshadowed you think you may be, your heavenly father has not forgotten you.
He who created and knows the stars knows you and your name. You are the daughters of his kingdom. God loves you because you are his child. He loves you even though at times you may feel lonely or make mistakes. If only you will follow his divine love. If only you will allow his divine love into your life. It can heal any hurt and soften any sorrow. And I just know that as we trust God and trust in his timing, trust in his plan for us, turn our hearts to Jesus Christ, our Savior, we can find healing and hope and joy, no matter what our circumstances are, in singlehood, in marriage, in marriages that are challenging, in raising children, in being an awesome aunt, we can find purpose. And I just have to give a shout out to all the ants in the world. That's one of the greatest jobs and responsibilities and titles that I've ever had. I love my nieces and nephews, but so yeah. Thanks, Melanie. That was really well said. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. And we hope that you have found greater purpose through Melanie and Emily and I, and we'll see you next time.